and we're recording. Hey guys, welcome to Americana, the American way. Come here, Haley. Come here. Get over here. Come here. This is my dog. This is what you hear going nuts every time I try to make a podcasting video. Yeah, that's a good girl. Alright, go play with your toys. No, I'm not your toy. Go play with your toys. I, I let her on camera for two seconds, and now she wants to be the star of the show. Um, uh, on all your podcast uh, and video platforms, this is Americana, the American way. Same thing on Telegram. Uh, also on uh, uh, Parlor. Uh, it is at the real Big John, all one word. So now you knows where it defines me on social media. Telegram, Parlor. What the hell else did I just say? YouTube and Rumble. Okay, YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, Americana, the American way. Uh, and the only thing that's different is Parlor, and it is the real Big John, all one word. So, you guys listen to this guitar solo while I light the ceremonious cigar. So I just found this wee bit humorous. Uh, humorous, yes. Our friend old Hugh Morris is back. Uh, not the late 90s WCW wrestler, sometimes known as Bill DeMont, but humorous, funny. The Washington Post headline I saw today, and I didn't read the article because I knew it was baloney stuffings. The White House says Biden is eager to go to Texas as soon as next week. Now, I read that on Sunday the 21st. So next week would be sometime this week between, what, the 22nd? And 26th-ish. A little bit late, Joe. And it's not like you need the president there when there's a natural disaster. Um, You know, I remember in 2005, I'm 
rubbing my eyes. I'm not supposed to rub your eyes because of the virus, but uh, anyway. The uh, Bush administration, when uh, Hurricane Katrina hit, he got flack for not being on the ground for a week after the hurricane. All right? Who cares? We saw this storm coming. And there was even a power company in Texas that warned people that the storm was going to knock out power. It was going to cause these rolling blackouts. And as soon as Bloomberg stopped sending me pop-up ads. So here we go. Bloomberg News, very liberal newspaper, uh, news source. Days before blackouts, one Texas power giant sounded the alarm. Vistra Corp, one of the largest power generators in Texas, said it warned state agencies days before cascading blackouts plunged millions into darkness that internal forecasts, that's not weather forecast, that's their uh, internal forecast of uh the power supply. The that internal forecast showed electricity demand was ex- expected to exceed supply. So the government of Texas knew this. Despite the warning, the coordination and planning by authorities across the broader energy sector were seemingly disproportionate to the severity of the situation, Vistra said in an email statement late Sunday. The company didn't identify which entities it contacted. The Electricity Reliability Council of Texas, the state's grid operator, while the Texas Public Utilities Commission regulates power, power generators, excuse me. ERCOT said in a statement, its operating notices uh, uh, incentivized all available generation to severe customers and didn't immediately uh, comment on Vistra, the Vistra letter. Andrew Barlow, an official for with the PUC, said, uh, that's Public Utilities Commission, said he wasn't privy to any correspondence between the agency and Vistra and referred the matter to ERCOT. Days ahead of the event, Vistra and other, others forecasted insufficient generation would be available. We began winter emergency preparations, the statement said. Warning signs were there, but the public was unaware of the gravity of the situation, which led to people being unable to respond and make necessary adjustments for their families. 
At its peak, more than 4 million Texans were without power over several days of unprecedented cold. Dozens have perished in the wake of what is now becoming known as the largest forecasted power outage, or pardon me, the largest forced power outage in U.S. history. Even when electricity was restored as temperatures rose, millions remained without safe drinking water after power outages hit treatment plants and water pumps used to pressurize lines. So this could, this disaster, the, the weather forecasters, okay, put it out there. The government knew about it. FEMA, just like they ramp up before a hurricane hits land, should have been called into action at that point. This is a failure of your federal government and state government to do their jobs. They knew this was coming. It started hitting the fan down there on February 14th. I have a cousin who was right in the heart of it and was without power for days. So long he had to Pardon me. It was off so long that uh, they were told he had to be like two days, and then two days turned into, I think, three. And now that it's basically over, and a lot of power has been restored, but not all, uh, generators are being sent to uh, locations to uh, power, uh, like emergency warm up stations. The only thing is, starting tomorrow in Texas, it's going to be 60 degrees. Now, that's the high temperature, and by their standards, that's like coat weather. To me, 60 degrees is air conditioning weather. But this this is a massive failure, and Biden's going to go there sometime next week to make a personal appearance. Who cares? Who cares that the president's there, frankly, when there's, there should have been... Last weekend, seven days ago, seven days ago, there should have been boots on the ground in Texas dealing with this emergency. There should have been, you know, National Guard, FEMA, the Red Cross. Well, the Red Cross is not a federal agency. They're a a volunteer organization. But they should have all been mobilized by the government Uh, The Red Cross should have been reached out to for help because they're phenomenal at it because they're a private agency and not a government entity. Uh, And things should have been working. You know, there should have been centralized warm-up spots. There could have been, you know, police, uh, state troopers, National Guardsmen going, you know, door-to-door. Hey, are you okay? You know, They didn't need to be armed National Guard or armed police, just, you know, somebody in a uniform so you know that it's not, you know, some wackadoo. Um, Well, sometimes wackadoos put on uniforms and pretend, but we'll just assume, okay? Everything went according perfectly to my plan. And you would have had less deaths. You would have had less people uh, inconvenienced, to to say the least, Uh, you know, less worry among people. And the people would have gotten their money's worth out of their government. What a shock that would have been, you know. But 
huge, massive failure, massive winter storm uh, predicted by forecasters, not taken seriously by the state and the federal government, not seriously enough, not enough preparation, not enough emergency planning thrown into place immediately. The thing is, if Donald Trump were still president, this would have been pandemic part II, part two. This would have been 24-7 from day one media coverage. Where's the president? What's the president doing? Why isn't he doing anything? And you know what the difference is? Trump would have been doing something. Trump would have been doing something. Just like early on in the pandemic when Joe Biden called him xenophobic for shutting off travel from China and then soon thereafter uh, parts of Italy, then all of Italy, then parts of Europe, then all of Europe. Trump would have been doing something, but the media would have been still finding something to complain about. Here we are a week later. The problem is on its way to being solved. The temperatures are rising. The people of Texas have band together and been helping one another the whole time. And now, oh, the federal government's going to walk waltz in. The media is going to throw Joe Biden a ticker tape parade, and it's going to—he's it, going to look like Jesus waltzing across the water. I—I I, I say Jesus because I don't want to bring Jesus into this, because I will not—I will not compare sentence fragment, new sentence. Joe Biden in the same sentence to my savior. So I will use bad grammar before I put Biden, period, Jesus in the same sentence. So there, two sentence, four, what, two, three, four sentence fragments, but at least I didn't have to mention the savior in the same sentence as Joe Biden, because Biden ain't no savior of Jack squat. Well, Joe Biden in a quarter will get you a cup of Jack Squat. They used to say, well, that in a quarter will get you a cup of Jack Shit. Well, Chris Farley said, that in a quarter will get you a cup of Jack Squat. And you end up living in a van down by the river. Terrible. Terrible Matt Foley impression, but uh, well. So what what are we gonna see Joe Biden rush into? <laughs> well, you can kind of tell. You can kind of see it coming. He has a cabinet that is quite the group of war hawks. Many of his uh, foreign policy team. His uh, defense team, uh, the um, Secretary of State's office, you know, officials in that office have ties to um, defense companies, arms companies, contractors. We go into war someplace, guys. And it, but it won't be China because, you know, Ch Biden said that, you know, the uh, concentration camps or internment camps that China runs, that's just a part of their culture that we silly Americans don't understand yet. But the, the CBS News, 60 Minutes, 
one of the great propaganda machines, sadly enough, for the United States government. Uh, I, I not I think it was um, but a ba 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 um, Shadowgate, either Shadowgate or Shadowgate 2.0, with Millie Weaver, uh, where they talked about Mike Wallace. He was a he was big on 60 Minutes when I was a youngin. Uh, I have not yet turned 60. Uh, I'm only 44. Maybe when I turn 60, I'll start watching 60 Minutes. That's why they call it that, right? You got to be 60 years old to watch it. Uh, anyways, yeah, oh, sorry, terrible joke. Um, but, yeah, Mike Wallace was part of uh, Naval Intelligence. And then he got into, gov uh, pardon me. The news, and so it's kind of become a it was a behind the scenes rumor that he was kind of propaganding for the government and the CIA back in the seventies. There was actually a uh, Senate hearing and or congressional hearing, and they said, "Yeah, we we feed uh, stories to reporters." to forward our agendas. And then they said, well, or one of the uh, senators or representatives said, well, we, would you name those, you know, people and uh, like t what television programs or networks you feed information to? Uh, and he said, well, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, name those television uh, people you know, in an open meeting if we were in a closed session or executive session, I, I might tell you. Kind of shady. Well, anyways, so here on CBS News, 60 Minutes, the headline reads, Evidence of Assad and his, regi his regime's, regime's legacy of war crimes. Assad is a guy who uh, they propped up, the Obama administration, I think, propped this cat up to overthrow Muammar Gaddafi, old Mo, as Robin Williams used to call him. Then uh, it says, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you have children watching 60 Minutes tonight, that's usually a good thing. No, it is not. But this story is not for them. The images you are about to see are the honest evidence of war crimes of one of the 20th 21st century, President Biden and his national security team will soon face a horror that erupted a decade ago when many of them were in the Obama administration. March will bring the 10th anniversary of the popular uprising that began in Syria's civil war. Oh, I'm sorry, that... That wasn't Qaddafi. Qaddafi's not Syrian. Uh, Qaddafi was Libya. My bad. I got my dictators confused. The Syrian dictator, Bashar al-Assad, has gassed the innocent, bombed hospitals, schools, and made thousands disappear. The evidence is hard to watch, but it should be seen. Many risked their lives to tell this story so that, even if Assad is never arrested, 
he will be forever handcuffed to the truth. Look at that sentence. Even if, if Assad is never arrested, why did we invade Iraq? To, we, we invaded Iraq to capture Saddam Hussein, topple his regime, and try him on uh, weapons of mass destruction and war crimes, right? Here we go again. Raytheon is the new Halliburton. And Halliburton's probably still hanging out too. Uh, we go through a couple photographs here. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad did this. These are the civilians of the Damascus suburb of Gauta, Gauta, G-H-O-U-T-A. In 2013, Gauta was held by rebels, so the Syrian army shelled the neighborhood with intentionally banned nerve gas. 1,400 men, men, women, and children were exterminated. Astad chose to meet the popular uprising against him, not with diplomacy, not with war among soldiers, but terrorism without restraint. Uh-oh. There's another trigger word, terrorism. Oh, gosh, we got to fight the terrorists. Remember, we've been doing that since 2001, policing the world for terrorists. Here we go again, guys. The, the him hot around. This is a, a puff, puff piece. This is a propaganda piece fed out from the federal government, the CIA, to C CBS News in 60 Minutes to get the American people all in a tizzy so that Biden and his defense contractors in his cabinet... And Biden's not running anything, people. Let's not, you know, kid ourselves. You know, there's people pulling his strings behind the scenes. You see him when he signs those executive orders. The Some of the pictures of piles of executive orders I know are fake. But there were multiple executive orders signed on one day. And when he reads the title for the executive order he's about to sign sounds like a tape recorder with the battery winding down. He's talking and moving so slow. So guys, we're we're gonna send troops to one of these places, be it Syria, Iraq, both, and once again, the war machine will make its billions. Uh, American women, men and women will die. And, uh, you know, families in America will be torn apart. We just sent, um, during the pandemic, you know, day one in office, Joe Biden was going to present and make his plan to stop the pandemic. And then several days after he was in office, some people started saying, um, thought you were going to 
you know, show us your um, COVID plan uh, uh, like five or six days ago. He said, well, there's nothing we can do to slow the spread now. It's, you know, it's too late. Blame Trump or something. It's not what you said during the campaign. Blamed everything on Trump in the campaign. Said he had no plan. When Joe Biden talked about a plan, I'm sitting there going, um, uh, uh, um, Trump already did that. Trump used the Military Defense Act to generate uh, protective uh, equipment for doctors and nurses and frontline workers. Trump used the uh, Defense Production Act to make more ventilators than we needed. Trump used the Defense Authorization Production, whatever it's called, act to get the vaccine going. To uh, stop, you know, um, 3M, an American company, which actually makes its products in America, some of them anyways, because they were going to ship those products from the United States to Canada. Trump said, no, America comes first, 3M. You're, you're one of our companies. So he enacted the Defense Production Act to stop that. Well, then, you know, Justin... Ninny baby Trudeau in Canada got his panties on a wad and uh, said, hey, wait a minute, you know, we paid for those uh, N95 respirator masks. And Trump said, well, there's a million of them. We'll split them with you, 500 and 500. America first. Two billion dollars in aid from the Biden administration to other countries for uh, vaccine, I don't even know what, vac to spread the vaccine in other countries. I'm an American. I have not had the vaccine offered to me yet. I'm not high enough on the totem pole. So Americans are being told, you're not high enough on the totem pole to qualify for the vaccine, but we're going to send $2 billion to other countries to help them spread the vaccine. Millions of Americans have been out of work. I'm going to cover this in my next video on podcast, but we're looking at raising a minimum wage we're looking at helping other countries. 30% of restaurants in this country have closed and will never reopen. Those are mom and pop businesses. And we're sending $2 billion overseas. We're putting out puff pieces to our friends at 60 Minutes. Maybe. Rumors have it. Per my opinion. First Amendment, 60 minutes before you try to come after me. Uh, they're saying we need to do something about this Assad in Syria. <clears throat> and odds are we'll, you know, send some people over there. By people, I mean military. They will... Aid, hopefully it's this small, hopefully it doesn't turn into a full-blown war. But at the minimal, 
Okay, we will send our men and women over there to aid in getting rid of Assad and put our puppet, whoever that might be, in place. Okay? That's the minimal we're talking. But we have people in this country, in Texas, that have been hurt bad. We have people all over the country that have been hurt by an invisible enemy to no fault of their own. But we're sending $2 billion overseas to help other countries with uh, distribution of a vaccine. But some Americans are told, well, you know, you're not, not high enough in the pecking order. And, and, you know, some of the people that are high up in the pe quote-unquote pecking order, as I'm calling it, are good people. They're all good people. You know, they're doctors, they're nurses, school teachers, you know, unsung heroes of America. But I'm just saying, why would we send $2 billion overseas when there's a huge need right here? Blows the mind. Why, why are we amping up towards more interference in the Middle East when they don't want us interfering when we've got problems right here? Y'all, y'all need to like get on your congressperson's ass and get something changed. Um, I'm gonna um, put in the descriptione. Um, the phone number to the White House and congressional switchboards. Give them a call. Give them a shout out. Uh, and tell them, get to work for me. You work for me. I pay y'all salary. Y'all work for me. You call the congressional switchboard. They ask you for your zip code and they connect you to your, uh, Congress member or, uh, your Congress members. <laughs> office and you'll probably get some crappy voicemail or if you're lucky maybe an intern but at least you'll get to voice your opinion you know anyways hey guys god bless you thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on americana the american way god bless y'all pray for one another please please hit your knees and pray Thank you.